I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Five minutes past the hour here in our nation's capital. Listen to the beautiful sounds of Chuck Brown coming back from the break. It is the father of Go-Go's 86th birthday, and we're going to celebrate him all show long here on The Fan. We'll come back to break, come back from break each time with some Chucky B. And if you're out there listening, call in and make a request from what you want to hear me come back from break with celebrating the godfather of Go-Go, Chuck Brown, the 86th birthday. Celebrating that here today on The Fan. We were talking commander's offense before we hit the break. Talking about positives, some of the positive things that we saw from preseason game number two against the Kansas City Chiefs. I told you I liked what I saw from Carson Wentz. I told you I liked what I saw from the new running back one, Brian Robinson. The offensive line played well. Let's get to some of the negatives here. Before we do that, though, let's go to the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. Twitter and Instagram, you can get at me there as well, N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Let's go to Jim who's in D.C., wants to give his opinion on the commander's offense. What would you see out there, Jim? Well, first of all, next time start with a little run Joe. That might be a nice, <laughs> I got nice you, little start. But, uh, no, I want to talk about your running back comment because it's interesting. I do like Robinson. I think he's running hard. My concern, though, is with Robinson probably the one, right? You have Gibson being the two and really the third down back probably and McKissick being a third down. But do we have too many? And part of what I'm saying here is, to me, Robinson's an old-school runner. He gets better with every carry. So you don't want to limit him to 12 or 14 carries a game. He probably should be an 18, 20-carry type of guy because, you know, you got to get hit. He gets better. He falls forward, like he says, start to hurt people as he's, as he's hitting them. You know, and do we get into a situation where now with Gibson McKissick, they're not getting enough time and and, and – you know, but does that become a problem? You know, is it maybe that we should look to trade McKissick or something like that, or, or trade a Gibson? That's a very, uh, that's a very interesting point, Jim. And, and Jim, I'll say this because I was thinking the same thing, but with the running back position, you know how it is from an injury standpoint. I still don't think the depth is that tremendous to where you're trying to trade a guy, but I do think there will be you know some problems that they run into during the season because. J.D. McKissick, like you mentioned, is a third down back. Antonio Gibson, I'm I'm sure, is going to be used as a third down back. Which one are you choosing? And I think you may end up in a situation where you're like, look, who who are you going to play? Yep. Yep. That's what I was thinking. So that's just my two cents. I appreciate the call, Jim. Yeah. A a very astute point made by Jim. And 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 I'll say this to go in a little bit more detail about what Jim was saying. The thing about Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Yes, Robinson is probably going to get the lion's share of first and second down carries. But if Antonio Gibson comes in the game and rips off an eight-yard run, they're not going to take him out. One thing Ron Rivera has been very poignant in saying 
when describing and talking about this running back situation here in Washington is that they are going to ride the hot hand, and I love that. I love that. This is very similar to the situation that Ron had in Carolina when he had Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, and Fozzie Whitaker. None of those guys were complaining about touching the football, and all three of them uh, did their fair share of damage to opposing defenses. I think when the season starts, you are going to see Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson until somebody really cements themselves as the hot hand in that game. You're going to see them maybe alternate every other series. Because I'll say this, right? Yes, when Washington acquired Carson Wentz, we knew that they were going to push the ball vertically. We knew that he was going to unlock certain portions of this offense. I'll say this, though. I do still think the formula for success for the Washington Commanders on a week-to-week basis is going to be beating guys up in the trenches and trying to run the football. And that can very much open up the deep passing game uh, here in Washington. Because if you can force teams to play you with eight guys in the box and, you've, and you're able to get man-to-man, one-on-one opportunities on the outside for your skill guys, I mean, you're going to win nine times out of the ten because this is a very good group of receivers that they have. And man coverage is probably not the thing you're going to want to play against Washington. want to continue to take your calls, though. MGM National Harbor Listen Line's wide open, 1-800-636-1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We're talking about this commander's offense and what we saw from them in week two against the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go to Ralph in D.C. Ralph, what did you see from the offense? You there, Ralph? Man, we can't do that, Bob. You can't pull up on me like... <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is... Uh, I can only imagine... What said bro was pulling up on Ralph for? Oh, man. Had the potential to get spicy here. Want to continue to talk about the negatives here, though. Back to the football. The negatives. Well, we'll go into that now about this commander's offense and what we saw. I think they need more work together as a unit. I really do. Yes, there were some positives, but I think as a whole, they need some more work as a unit. The inability to get the chunk plays I think is something that's that's kind of alarmed me thus far. And it's a timing thing for me. Let's go back to Ralph, who, who who's back on the MGM National Harbor Listen Lines. Ralph, I hope I hope hey, what's, going what's, what's going on, man. I hope I hope you're all right and brother and pull up too fast. Yeah, he man pulled all up on my bumper, man. <laughs> what's going on, Ralph? What, what do you think about the offense? Man, I love the offense now that we got a stronger arm and we, you know, pick the arm ball, you know, deep down the field. And I love the running back that we got. And the other two, uh, I forgot their names, but you know who I'm talking about, man. We're going to do some, we're going to make some noise this year. Gibson and McKissick is who you're referring to. I hope we make some noise, and I hope, yeah. it's, the, I hope it's the right kind. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, all three of them. But that, that one we just got out the, um, the draft, man, he's going to make some noise for us. Brian, he's going to be the man. I appreciate the call, Ralph. Ralph, a huge fan of Brian Robinson Jr., as the rest of this D.C. fan base is. I, I know. Uh, for a fact that the fans are going to come to love this guy as the season wears on. What I love about him, and, and I said it, I know this is supposed to be the negative portion of the offense right now, but his running style, nobody else on this roster has that. There is such a stark contrast between him and Antonio Gibson that it was very evident early on that, you know, maybe Brian Robinson should be the RB1 here in Washington. Hitting on more of the negatives here from the starting offense, like I said, the inability to connect on the chunk plays has worried me a little bit. It really has. We saw him talking about Carson Wentz hit Terry McLaurin with the intermediate route. 
in the second preseason game. Other than that, the, the ball wasn't traveling too far on, on these completions. We saw a lot of screens, a lot of quick-hitting stuff. And what, what alarms me about that is that was the bill of goods that we were sold. Carson Wentz was supposed to come in here and improve the vertical element in vertical portion of this passing game, unlock it, so to speak. And we just haven't seen that yet. They have not completed on a ball. They have not completed any deep passes yet. We've seen them take a couple shots. On the game on Saturday, we saw him take a shot uh, to, to Curtis Samuel on the left sideline, incomplete. And the one thing I'm noticing about Carson Wentz and throwing these deep balls, the ball placement's just not there right now. And I think that comes from them needing more timing together. And that's what I said. I think they need more work together as a unit to improve their overall timing. And look, let's not act like, yes, yes, Carson Wentz has been not a detriment to this team. He hasn't hindered them. But he hasn't been a world beater by any by any stretch either. They have been shut out as a starting offense in that Kansas City game. They were shut out. They did not score as a starting unit. And and the Kansas City's defense isn't isn't anything to write home about. This isn't a defense littered with Pro Bowlers. This is a pretty average defense. They got a hell of a defensive coordinator in Steve Spagnolo who likes to turn the pressure up on you. But we really didn't even see too much of that because it was a preseason contest. So for me, I was concerned that they were shut out again, and I really consider it being shut out for the second straight week because last week, Brian Robinson Jr. scores the touchdown, but, I mean, at that point, you're going against the twos of the Carolina Panthers. I want to see how this group looks against some starters, and the way it's looking right now, we aren't going to be able to measure them against a starting unit until week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and by that point, it might be too late. The games count. So let's see. Hopefully, as practice wanes on, they've got three weeks. Hopefully, as practice wanes on, they get better. The other thing that really got me frustrated offensively with Washington was the pre-snap penalties that we saw. I know the atmosphere was rocking. I had Arrowhead, one of the loudest places and venues in the National Football League. Chase Rulia even talked about this in the postgame. They hadn't really practiced their silent count too much up to that point. And being in Arrowhead having to do it, when the lights are on and you aren't going against your own team, they caught them off guard a few times. The one play that I, that, that I go back to that really frustrated me is the one that all the armchair GMs on Twitter are ripping Carson Wentz about. It was that third and 10. It was a third and 10, and Carson Wentz takes a sack that moves the commanders out of field goal range. But let's go back to the play prior. When you're in a third and five, and Sam Cosby false starts, and now you're backed up in the third and long. If you are Scott Turner... You're handicapped at that point as a play caller because there aren't a lot of plays that are designed to convert third and tens. That is a very tough down and distance to have success with in the National Football League. And Carson Wentz ends up taking a sack. But, I mean, geez, George Karloftis, the rookie, I believe he went to Purdue, if I'm not mistaken. Karloftis from Purdue breaks through a double team of Sam Cosby and Armani Rogers and still ends up right in the grill of Carson Wentz. Everybody wants to talk about Carson Wentz holding the football too long. If you really go back and look at that play, and I'll retweet the all-22 angle for you right now on Twitter, N-E-L-L underscore B-C-P. Take a look at the play. Take a look at the play. Because if you really go back and look at this, they're running a what they call a sale concept on the right side. With this play, the outside receiver, the guy that's at the top of the numbers, it's kind of blurry, so I can't really see who it is. The outside receiver has got to have an outside release 
the spacing on it, on his initial read, was all messed up. So the play had no shot from the get-go. Everybody wants to talk about throwing it to the flat defender. You got to get to the flat defender first in your read. I mean, come on. Got guys beating double teams. And then you got the wide receiver at the top of the screen just not being detailed. And that's another reason why I think this group needs more time together. There are so many nuances on the offensive side of the football, so many details that you have to pay specific attention to. You need multiple weeks of work and timing to try to improve those things. And I think right now for Washington, like I said, it is, yes, it is about the process over the results, but they need more work so that the day-to-day results get better. And therefore, this process is more successful. I know it sounds a lot easier said than done, but that's really what it is. That really is what it is. The other thing that kind of disappointed me, the Curtis Samuel drop on third down. Carson Wentz tries to force it in between tight window throw that I don't think Taylor Heineke is physically capable of making. And that's no diss to Taylor. That just shows what Carson Wentz brings to this offense. It's a tight window throw. Samuel gets his hands on it. And then the linebacker, Nick Bolton, comes and knocks the football out of his hands. We need a more reliable, contested catch guy outside of Terry McLaurin. That is something that has become very evident to me. Terry McLaurin is the only guy that's making contested catches on this football team right now. I guess Cam Sims, but for some reason, they don't want to give him opportunities with the first group. But Curtis Samuel, I need you to be more reliable as a wide receiver. I need, I need you to be more reliable in those contested catches situations. I know that was only one example, but we don't have that much to work with right now. It's the preseason. We're still trying to iron stuff out. Based on what we've seen, though, through two preseason games from the starting offense, what's your confidence level in this group heading into week one against the Jaguars? It's a two-parter here. From what you've seen from Carson Wentz in this first two preseason games, are you more confident or less confident that he's going to be a significant upgrade for Washington? I'll tell you what I'm feeling on the other side of this break. Don't move a muscle. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is he doing? Welcome back. Lanelle Willingham here with you on the fan until 10 o'clock tonight. Before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief Show, I want to appreciate you guys tapping in with me. We're just getting rolling here on the fan Talking all things Washington Commanders right now. We're doing a recap and breakdown of preseason game numero dos. They were in Kansas City taking on the Chiefs. 
And right now we're talking about Carson Wentz in this offense. The question I posed to you guys on the national MGM National Harbor Listener Lines before we went to the break, it's a two-parter. Now that we've seen two preseason games from this starting offense, what's your confidence level in this group heading into week one against the Jaguars? And based on what you've seen from Carson Wentz, are you more confident or less confident that he's going to be a significant upgrade at the QB spot for Washington? And for me, for Carson Wentz, it's real simple. Yes, he is an upgrade. How big of an upgrade is he? Still to be determined, I feel like. Because we've only got about three quarters of work from him thus far in the two preseason games, and that's probably going to be his last action of the preseason unless Ron Rivera and company please Linnell and fulfill Linnell's wishes and play them week three against the Ravens. This is probably the last time we saw we're going to see Carson Wentz. Numbers aren't bad. 16 to 22, 138 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. For my math guys out there, that's 8.6 yards of completion. Compare that to Taylor Heineke's completion, yards per completion from a year ago, 6.9. So you're getting almost a two-yard difference. So it's clearly a upgrade. But we just haven't seen we just haven't seen the vertical element of this passing game unlocked yet. And until I see that on a consistent basis, Carson Wentz is going to have some some work to do to prove to me that he is a significant upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Because despite what we all say, barring the circumstances, counting the circumstances that Heineke had to deal with a season ago, coming in, taking over as the starter in week one, and getting his first extended work of his career as a starting quarterback in this league, Heineke didn't play terrible. It was not bad. I was curious to see what another season of Taylor Heineke would look like. Wasn't too thrilled about it, but I was intrigued. It wasn't so bad last year that I was like, oh, no chance. There were things from Heineke's game you can build on, and there are things from Wentz's game that you can obviously build on. But for me, the big difference right now is physically. Being out there at training camp, watching these guys go together. And and luckily, (laughs) I guess not luckily, unfortunately for Taylor Heineke, he gets to go after Carson Wentz uh, when they're doing team drills and and, and the one-on-one stuff. You can just see the way the ball jumps off of Carson Wentz's hands compared to how it comes off of Taylor Heineke's hands. It's just, it's a night and day difference. Carson Wentz walks off the bus looking like a starting NFL quarterback, standing at six foot five, 225 pounds. He is a big dude. He is a behemoth, a mountain of a man. And for me, with Wentz, I think the balls are more catchable. I think we're seeing him make more tight window throws. And from what we've seen in the first two preseason games, the thing that's really impressed me the most about Wentz is his vision and movement within the pocket. That is something that stood out to me. Yes, he took the sack against Kansas City that everybody's killing him about. But you go back to week one and even plays this past Saturday, his movement within the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, not being in a hurry to tuck and run like we saw from Taylor Heineke last year, it's refreshing. It really is. I am more confident after seeing Wentz that he is going to serve as an upgrade for Washington. Now we figure out how big of an upgrade is it, right? That, that is the big thing we are, going to, we are going to find out as the season wears on. And, and for Washington, everybody's talking about 
how they're begging us to start off 2-0. When the Jacksonville Jaguars come to town week one, if Washington is not ready to bang, they're going to get punched in the mouth. I promise they are. Because defensively, I've been watching the Jaguars in preseason. They are building themselves a very formidable front four up front. They are. And I think that's an ascending group. So for Washington, all the positive things I say, I say it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Because we haven't really seen them go up against anybody else and have significant success. All the good things we were reporting out of training camp, that was them going against each other. Now you get to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. You got to go up against the Carolina Panthers, two teams that don't give a damn about you, two teams that don't got to see you in the locker room afterwards, two teams that are fighting and competing just the way you are. You see certain guys fold under those circumstances, other guys rise. I want to continue to take their calls, though. MGM National Harbor Listener Line's wide open, 1-800-636-1067. Twitter and Instagram, you can get at me there as well. After seeing this offense through two preseason games of work, what's your confidence level in this group heading into week one against the Jaguars? And then if you're really smart, it's a two-parter for you. From what you've seen from Carson Wentz in two preseason games, are you more confident or less confident that he is going to represent a significant upgrade at the quarterback position for Washington? Let's go to Chris, who's in Oxon Hill, wants to tap in with him. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how's it going? Definitely wanted to say thanks again for taking my call. First time caller. Yes, sir. Um, Appreciate you, brother. So with the two-part question, first I'm going to answer as far as what's my thoughts on Carson so far with the preseason going. To be honest with you, it's like, where's Waldo? I mean, where's Waldo? (laughs) I'll tell you what Waldo is. It's on 210, 301. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, though. Now, when you say where's Waldo, when you say where's Waldo, Chris, are you saying – where are the things that we are that we were expecting from Wentz? Well, a, a little bit of that, and then also, you know, this is your this is your last chance right now, and it seems like he's playing conservative, but he's not playing like, hey, I earned this starting job. It's, I understand it was given to him because he's a upgrade from what we had from Taylor last year, so to speak, on paper. But at the same time, I haven't seen a difference in preseason play, to be honest with you. Like, yes, the numbers change a little. They differ a little bit here and there. But for the most part, you know, they pretty much seem like the same type of uh, quarterback. That's one. Secondly, I'm looking at us. I'm, I'm going to be a diehard fan. I'm, I've been a fan since I was a younger boy when my father would have the Super Bowl parties for Mark Rippon when they won their Super Bowl so long ago you know that's how much of a fan that i am i'm never going to stop being a fan but honestly it's looking like another one of those type of seasons where hmm. it's going to be three and 13 i mean three wow. and 14 or maybe uh four four and and 13 you know um it's just looking like that and and until they can prove to me that they can't do that that's what i'm going to say but the one thing that i do notice Whenever I say I think that the Washington isn't going to do good, they end up pulling out the opposite. So I'm going to go with that theme right now <laughs> well, and just so. say, you know, that they're not going to do as well and hope that they do good. But um, I, like I said, it, it's just it's like putting together a thousand piece puzzle right now, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going to happen this season. But definitely appreciate you taking my call yep. and thanks again. Appreciate you ringing me, Chris. Yeah. Well, I don't think it'll be as bad as Chris thinks it'll be, talking about 3-14 and potentially. Let me say this. If the Washington Commanders 
and we can clip this off. We can play this every time I get on here. If the Washington Commanders finish the season at 3-14, and 14, if the Washington Commanders finish the season at 3-14, and 14, you know what? I'll take this to Twitter. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. You tell me what I should do if the Commanders go 3-14. and 14. I say it with a sense of sarcasm because I really couldn't see any scenario in which they are that bad. But if they are, whew, you think we got a new name this year? You all were getting comfortable with all the new stuff. <laughs> we're going to have a new coach. We're going to have a new general manager. We're going to have a lot of new things if the Washington Commanders somehow finish the season at 3-14. and 14. But to wrap up the thoughts on Carson Wentz and answer the questions that I posed out there to you guys, appreciate you tapping in with me. My level of confidence in the group heading into week one against the Jaguars, it's about 50-50 for me. It's, 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 right, it's right in the middle for me. Because with that group offensively, the weapons are there. The offensive line is there. It's all going to fall on the shoulders of Carson Wentz. It really is. And that is really going to be the determining underlying factor about whether or not this group is good or not. It is all going to fall on the shoulders of number 11. And for what my money is worth, I think he gets it done. We had to take a quick timeout. When we come back, the evaluation process continues. We'll take a look at the commander's starting defense through two games of the preseason. And I'll be very honest, I haven't been impressed. I'll tell you why on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the fan. Look at me. You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you on the fan until 10 o'clock tonight. On this beautiful Monday night here in our nation's capital. You hear the Chuck Brown coming back from the commercial break. It is the 86th birthday of the father of Go-Go. And we'll continue to celebrate him all night long. Coming back with your favorite Chuck Brown tunes. On the way back from break. Before we went to the break, though, we're talking Washington Commanders. And to start the show, we've done a full in-depth evaluation of this Commanders offense. Dating back to Saturday's preseason game against the Chiefs. 
Right now, though, we'll switch things to the defensive side of the ball. And for me, there is just probably not enough time in the show for me to go through each and everything that I've been disappointed about with this Washington Commanders defense. And I, I, I take a deep sigh and I take deep breaths because it's frustrating. I tell you guys all the time, I'm a fan just like you are. I bleed burgundy and gold. You, you can say all the, all the champ phrases and slangs you want. I, I am a Commanders fan through and through. I am a D.C. sports fan through and through. That's why watching this thing on Saturday, on the defensive side of the ball specifically, had me up in arms. It is so mentally intoxicating watching this group right now defensively through the first two weeks of preseason. It really is. Because there seems to be this inflated opinion internally in Ashburn about the talent that they have on this roster. And I think that has been the problem of the Washington Commanders for, for as long as I can remember, honestly. I think there is an inflated opinion internally about how good this group is. Talking about specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And for me, it starts up front with this defensive line. They need another pass rusher opposite Montez Sweat. The depth at the defensive end spot is alarming, to say the least. It really is. It is alarming. There is not, there is not much reason for optimism at that defensive end spot. Chase Young can't get back soon enough. He really can't. Because some of the stuff I saw on Saturday makes me want to pull my hair out. And I don't even have that much hair. So really think about that. It is so infuriating to watch guys jogging, to watch guys not running to the football. This is the National Football League. It is. These guys are paid to play this game, just like you are, commanders. They don't give a damn about you. They are trying to smash your face in on a down-in, down-out basis. And for Washington, it just seems like maybe they need a new voice. Maybe Jack Del Rio isn't the guy anymore. And to be sounding the alarms and calling for a defensive coordinator's job after two preseason games, some would call it premature. I'm going to call it what it is. This isn't just a now all of a sudden I'm, I'm wanting to move off of Jack Del Rio. Based off what we saw last year, based on what I've seen through two weeks of preseason play, they got to really be thinking hard about what they're doing schematically on the defensive side of the ball. I'll start with the personnel here from the depth standpoint. I talked about it. There is no depth at the edge rusher spot. But then, like I said, I have an issue with the scheme and alignment. There is no reason on a third down and four, the cornerback's playing seven yards off the football. That's inexcusable. There is no reason that tight ends and wide receivers are getting free releases off the line of scrimmage. Either they're not being coached to do that, or they're going out there and saying, I'm going to do my own damn thing. And that's a problem within itself. Because if they are, get somebody in there who's going to do what you're coaching them to do. Straight up. Doesn't matter about where you were drafted. Doesn't matter about how much money you make. Do your damn job. It is not that hard. Defense in the National Football League is about all 11 guys doing their job at once. And it might sound easier said than done, but that's really all it is, is all 11 guys 
doing their job at once. And too many downs for the Washington Commanders this preseason. We just haven't seen that. We haven't. And what's got me up in arms is when guys look gassed. And I'm not talking about on the 10th play of a 12-play drive. I'm talking about on play five, play six, guys walking around with their hands on their hips, sucking wind. It all goes back to the things I subtly say. I was blessed to be able to go out there and watch training camp this year. Be back out there tomorrow to see practice. These guys don't practice hard enough. That is the one takeaway I've gotten from the first two preseason games. They don't practice hard enough. There is not enough energy. There is not enough motor out there, especially along this defensive line. And what gets me so up in arms about this defensive line is there are so many household names along this front. Jonathan Allen is coming off a career year where he makes his first Pro Bowl. Deron Payne in a contract year trying to get the bag. And it just doesn't seem like it. Guys got to go harder. It is an effort thing. It is a mentality thing for me. I need to see more effort. There's no reason that all 11 guys aren't sprinting to the football. It is a mindset. Ask anybody who's played any type of football at any level. That is one of the first principles you install as a defensive coordinator. They got this thing called a pursuit drill. They do it in college. They do it in high school. And I'm damn sure they do it at the pros. But I haven't seen it from this group in practice, so I can't say that. There's this thing called a pursuit drill. That's where you practice all 11 guys running to the football. And you know how we do it in high school and in college? The ball carrier in practice isn't considered down until all 11 guys touch him because that is the mindset and mentality that you are trying to instill. You need all 11 guys sprinting to the football. It was embarrassing as a fan last year. Brian Baldinger, who's on our TV right now, I'm looking at him on NFL Network was doing a breakdown of the Washington Commanders' defense last year. And you know what the number one thing was? The first thing that he pointed out? Guys are walking. Guys aren't playing with a sense of urgency, trying to get to the football. Until we see that, until that mentality changes, this defense isn't going to change. You want to talk about guys who I feel like don't have pride. You need to show me pride. I don't care if it's a preseason game. Anytime you get the opportunity to lace your cleats up and go up against a different color jersey, you need to be going balls to the wall. Straight up, 100% non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. There is no reason, there is no reason that as a starting defense, I don't care if it's Pat Mahomes. And that's the thing that has really, really gotten me frustrated. What what has it been, 48 hours since the game ended? Everybody wants to talk about, well, it's Patrick Mahomes. So give him a break. What do you want to be compared to? Who is the company that you want to keep? If you're the Washington Commanders, it shouldn't matter who's playing opposite of you. The effort should be the same every time. There is no excuse. Now, there is an excuse when Patrick Mahomes does the magician stuff and he throws sidearm in between two defenders on a third down. That I can live with. That I'm okay with because he is special. And there are only a handful of guys who can make that throw. And I wouldn't even say a whole handful, probably two or three. That I'm not frustrated with. But what I'm frustrated with is when our damn defensive coordinator, somebody who has had success in this league, on a third and six, on a third and six, Jack Dorio dropping James Smith-Williams in the coverage, I am going to lose my mind if I see that again. 
Are you kidding? What are we doing? That, that's the thing that makes me want to call for somebody's job because he's the defensive coordinator. He called that play on a third and six. You're dropping your defensive end in the coverage. What the hell do you expect to happen? You surprised? The teams are converting third downs on you left and right when that's what you're deciding to do schematically? Give me a damn break. The communication in the secondary still needs to improve. Guys late rotating. Benjamin St. Juiced. Love the kid. Got tons of potential. Tons of potential. Oozing with talent. Needs to be better. Needs to be better. They got bailed out on Saturday. They got bailed out. Patrick Mahomes had a mere mortal moment. Showed that he wasn't superhuman every damn play. Had had his receiver running wide open down the sideline. Benjamin Juice in coverage. Benjamin St. Juice in coverage. Mahomes misses him. Should have been 21-0. That's what I'm saying. As a defense, where is your pride? You give up back-to-back 12-play scoring drives to start the game. And not once, not once that our friends at NBC Sports Washington, not once did we see the pan, the, the, the camera pan to the sideline and show somebody being passionate and emotional, being upset with what's going on. We were okay with it. Guys were okay with it because it's the Chiefs. Because it's the Chiefs. I know that's the mentality. I hate when I hear Ron Rivera say it in press conferences. I don't care who it is. It could be against Joe Schmo. We damn didn't dare quarterback. I'm trying to go get him. It's a mentality. It is a mindset that this team and this defense lacks. And that's what's frustrating with me right now. That's what's got me up in arms. Seeing tight ends and wide receivers getting free releases off the line of scrimmage. Guys not putting hands on them. Those are day one concepts. Those are the fundamentals of defense. All 11 hats run into the ball. I just explained to you the drill we did in high school and college. Those are fundamentals of the game. And we're struggling with that. And and this is supposed to be the the, the unit that's going to lead us back to the promised land. They got a lot of damn work to do. Because right now, clearly, make no mistake about it, the offense is far ahead of the defense. And it's not supposed to be like that. Especially when your quarterback on the offensive side of the ball, is coming in, learning an entirely new system, working with weapons he's never worked with before, and an offense that he's never been in before. This is the third damn year of these guys in this defense, and they still can't get it right. I don't want to hear about 2020. Stop talking about 2020 and what this team did in 2020. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't care that they were the sixth best defense in the National Football League going against Nick Mullins, going against Ben DiNucci, going against Andy Dalton. I could care less about the performance of 2020. Because when you really had to lace them up for real and you had to go against real quarterbacks last year, we saw what this defense did. They folded. 31st in the National Football League on third down. And through two preseason games, I'd have to check the numbers. They're probably dead last. They're probably dead last. Patrick Mahomes on one drive goes four for four on third down. You cannot continue to have the same problems continue to repeat themselves. But they say in that the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Last year, this defense ranked 31st in the National Football League on third down. Last year, this defense gave up the third worst QBR, third highest quarterback rating, excuse me, to opposing quarterbacks. 
and they did nothing to address the personnel defensively. They lost guys. Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? That you're going to roll out the same group expecting different results? The message isn't changing. Changing clearly. Jack Rio's still saying the same thing. And then what frustrated me the most this is a specific play. It's the, it's the touchdown, the second touchdown that Pat Mahomes and company scored before Andy Reid decided to, to throw in the towel and say, hey, we're not getting work anymore because this defense stinks. James Smith-Williams, once again the culprit. It was either him or Casey Tuhill. Point blank is we need another defensive end. But I say all that to say this. Montez Sweat does his job. The rest of the guys on the defense do their job. Montez Sweat gets pressure from the backside. Forces Patrick Mahomes to roll out. He rolls out into nothing because James Smith-Williams or whoever the opposite side defensive end was, was doing their own thing. That is what Ron Rivera is talking about when he was questioning the maturity of this defense. This is a gap control defense. Everybody is in control of one gap along this defensive line. So when guys do their own thing and get too far upfield, when you got a real quarterback like Patrick Mahomes who's not afraid to step up and keep his eyes downfield, you get gashed. And that's what we saw. That's what we saw. They gave no resistance to the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. None. It was embarrassing. I believe they converted every third down they attempted. And that's what's got me frustrated. I can't. It's only preseason. I, I, I say all that to say this. Yes, it is only the preseason. But we cannot continue to see the same Problems over and over and over again. We can't. We can't. And for me defensively, it's not going to change until somebody in that locker room decides to grab this bull by the horns and say enough is enough. Where is your pride? Where is your pride? Take a breather after that. We're just getting started here on The Fan. When we come back, the Commander's Talk continues. NBC Sports Washington's Pete Haley will join the program to give his thoughts on what he's seen in two preseason performances from your Washington Commanders. Keep it locked. Linnell Willingham here with you until 10 o'clock right here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.